0: Uh, hello, uh, my name is Fuadi Pitsoan from Beanspire. Uh, greetings from Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is uh, five, uh, three hours away from Chiang Rai. The coffee that that each of you are having right now. Uh, welcome to In My Mug, episode number six hundred twenty-nine. Oh, hello. Well. The takeover
1: continues, week two, who knows who's gonna come next? Today, we are going to enjoy some delicious coffee from Foodie. So this is from Thailand, Dong Pang Kong. It's the natural. So a few weeks ago, you tasted the honey process from the same farm with Steve, but we're gonna enjoy the natural. Uh, But before Roland and I taste this coffee, we'll let Foodie tell you a little bit more about it.
0: Uh, it, It's one of the biggest a village that grow coffee in Thailand and each of the fa- each of the family will have about produce about two to one to two tons of of coffee per year so so we work with well we from that meal in Doi Pangkorn we produce about 40 tons of coffee so that's about that's about 20 something families uh, of, of, uh, of far- farmers and then who supply the coffee cherries to our mill there and for most of those families, that is that like a a couple? Is it like an extended family? Is it brother? A lot of times it's the extended family. Uh, some of the uh, members will come to the city to do other other kind of jobs. A lot of them, like I said before, because Thai coffee is a bit more expensive, so it really incentivizes that younger farmers who may have worked as a barista before, who may have roasted work as a roaster, before, to come back to farm to. To, to to work at their farm so so yeah
2: and what is uh what's it like as a, a place like how far away from is it to travel ah. to the next big city and
0: yeah the, the thing about 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 most of the coffee growing region in thailand is that it's really close to the airport so you can land in Chiang Rai city in 45 minutes you're at doi bangkorn already so if, from where i am uh, right now it will be three hours drive to, to the farm. And then Chiang Mai is the second biggest city in Thailand. So, so, so it, it, and we have, I think that that accessibility to farms also open, uh, also allow the opportunity for farmers to actually come down and learn about the coffee, about where the coffee are being served. It, it is very common to have farmers who, you know, brew, uh, roast their own coffee, brew their own coffee, and a lot of times they own coffee shop in the city themselves. So I, I like to say that this, this phenomenon of uh, small uh, fully integrated coffee enterprise, because <laughs> they own the farm, they mill the coffee themselves, roast themselves, and brew and serve themselves. And then it is not uncommon to see to see uh, a system uh, uh, relationship like this in Thailand, which is very I, I think it's extremely unique in, in the coffee world. Thank you Thuley
1: for, really for spending the time to talk to me, that was very kind, um, super
2: interesting to hear about Thai coffee and particularly how young a lot of the farmers are, how they often own uh, cafes, a lot of them have been baristas, they've been involved in that side of it, and a lot of Thai coffee in fact doesn't leave Thailand, especially the coffee often stays there which it's so unique to see it.
1: I think it's, Thailand is one of those countries where it's not just a producing country, right? it's yeah. false. Yeah, and it's actually that
2: consumption has really driven uh, the move from the producers and the farmers there to try and create really interesting, exciting coffee. I think this is a really interesting coffee. I hope people will agree with me. How are you
1: brewing it, Dale? Uh, Badly. (laughs) I go for a classic hand recipe from back in the day. So um, 24 grams of coffee, pouring on 80 mils every 30 seconds. So I'm now at 160 mils and I'm just hitting the the one-minute mark. Um, just keep it really simple, really constant. I haven't tasted this coffee yet, so starting with that kind of recipe where, you know, will kind of give you a nice safe point for almost any coffee, and then you can begin to adjust how much coffee, the distance of uh, time between each pour or how much water you're pouring. You can pull out one way or another depending on whether you like the texture or you read like, you know, the acidity or the force. So what should I expect whilst I'm brewing? What should I be smelling? So this is a natural-processed coffee. Buddy was saying how
2: Thailand this year, they've had a really like hot summer. They had a lot of hot, hot weather and not a lot of rain, which means that the natural processing this year is really elegant. So if you had it last year, it was quite brewed strawberries. This year, we're much more into kind of dried fruits. It's a little bit more elegant. Really makes me think of like Christmas pudding. Crossed with sticky toffee pudding, There's a lot of sweetness. There.
1: Do you want a horrible taste descriptor just to add into the mix? Go on. Go it's, on. Not a, it's not that It's not. It smells bad. But smelling it now at the top of the colita, it smells like clean potting soil. It's got. It's got a really nice kind of not dirty, but like an earthy smell to it. Um, it's not like funky. From from yeah. just from that. It's yeah, definitely smell. not funky.
2: So yeah, and um, it's really interesting. We had a little bit of a chat. Uh, beyond what we've seen in that clip and Fidu was talking about how they can control that processing by using different depths of drying and controlling it in different ways and you can make it more funky or less funky but this is the same kind of process that the year before gave us quite a lot of funk yeah. and this year it's really not
1: so, And what caused that difference?
2: That's that extra heat they had in the summer, the lack of the humidity maybe made they have that quicker drying, less of that fermentation flavour going on and you have something that is a lot more elegant and kind of understated.
1: So, I'm, I'm brewing this through the Kalita Wave. And because I'm doing that slightly smaller brew, so it's 400ml, that's like a three minute brew time. And all of those things should help give us maybe a cleaner, lighter version of that coffee. Um, your mileage will vary. So, if you're brewing with a French press or something like this, it might really kind of emphasize that kind of heavier notes from a natural. I um, did a pop natural taste, the honey. So, that's really kind of chocolatey.
2: Yes. And, and nuts. Like, for me, that's a, a great, great espresso. Foodie also recommended this one as espresso, so for him, that's one of his his absolute favorites because you get a lot of sweetness out of this. And it's a really sweet coffee this year.
1: So, I mean, filter's mm-hmm. better than espresso, right? It's a mm-hmm. easier for this.
2: Thank you, Will British champion, for endorsing your, your brew methods. You
1: want to jump in?
2: I'm eager.
0: Mm. Mm. Really hot.
2: Mm. Really hot, so <laughs> burning my tongue. I I definitely get straight away a lot
1: of that dry fruit character. And there is some booze there. Um, it's actually like that first sip is much boozier than in flavour than how it smells. Like that, that fruit comes out straight away. A little bit of rum and a little bit of, like, maybe say dry fruit, but also cherry. And I
2: think what you get is those sweeter flavors really come th- through as the coffee starts to cool. So, as this cools down, we'll really see like a toffee, caramel kind of sweetness and also like a brown sugar kind of sweetness really come through and balance that out. And that'll start to kind of hide some of those fruit and booze
1: notes, as it becomes much kind of sweeter. It becomes more together. of a rind kind of chuggled coffee. So, it's a hard question. That, like, a lot of people want to taste the coffees from Thailand before, other than the subscribers, uh, but not many people get to offer them. And even even I, with my experience in coffee, I've only really had coffee from Huni. Yeah. So, how does this compare to other Thai coffees you've tasted? So,
2: it's worth saying this is like this is by far one of the top couple of Thai coffees we've come across. And talking to foodie and hopefully we're gonna share the full full length of the interview, which we ran for about 40 minutes or so whilst we were chatting about it, you start to understand a lot more a traditional Thai coffee. It's mostly Indonesian plant stock. And although the the terrain is a little different. There's a lot of similarities with Indonesian coffees. It's usually wash processing. So you end up with something that is fairly heavy, fairly kind of maybe towards a chocolatey, slightly earthy flavors. Um, where they've done examples like this, which are natural process, it's actually all about creating flavor. Yeah. So in most times we have natural processed coffees from other countries. It's because natural processing is easy and, like uh, You can do it there well yeah you have a good weather for it if you do it in ethiopia it's because they have the weather for it if they do it in like brazil again it's where the weather's right for it in thailand the weather is terrible for natural processing like it's not a good method to do but the cost of living in thailand is really high so they need to charge more for their coffee and they're going to do those different kind of values and different options so they're actually really intentionally gone out to try and create something that's got unique flavors and I think they've been really smart. The both black honey that you've had before and this natural, they emphasize those qualities they've already got of that uh, sweetness, that heavier body that comes with the the territory with, with Thailand. But
1: they've also added something to it and make, accentuated it further. So, weird thing as I'm drinking it, uh, I think like Turkish delight rose, like that, mm-hmm. that kind of floral rose water. Flavor, so it's just a hint, and that's probably as it cools for me. That's the most dominant kind of natural flavor. And what I like about this is normally we talk about body, and we talk about you know the different ways that coffees will have on the mouth, but often that comes down to how it's brewed. And because I brewed this really lightly, actually, this is this is one way it's really showing that kind of heavy texture without it being heavy flavors.
2: Absolutely. So you, if you're yeah. brewing this in cafetière or something like
1: this. I think you'll find it's a
2: really thick, gloopy, viscous yeah. experience. But like, nice. e- even
1: like this, it's, it, it has flavor notes that you'd expect from maybe maybe a natural from Central America. It's like hints of that, but it's got the weight of, you know, like a Brazil or a more kind of generic coffee coffee. It's it's great. Indeed. Um, thank
2: you very much for, for joining us. And- do the no worries. I
1: think uh, Foodie's going to sign this one off for us. Yeah, that's
0: so. worth him. You, you don't know this, but sometimes I order the, the coffee myself, send it to <laughs> Thailand from Hathbid, and then give them to farmers just so that to, to encourage them, you know, this is the product, and they love it when they get to taste their own product. Oh, that's a wonderful note for Sean, so thank you very much, Foodie. Yep, thank you very much.
2: And remember, life's too short, bad coffee. Yeah.
1: It's Roland's fault No,
2: it's great, it's fine In the can